Good morning, or afternoon, or evening, wherever you are. This is Dr. Gene Mesco, a fellow mostly hairless ape, talking to you from the Church of Science. Uh, I'm talking on the morning of February 15th, the day after Valentine's Day. A silly kind of corny holiday that tells everybody we're supposed to you know, take special notice of the ones you really especially care about. And in Kansas City, they were having a parade for their Super Bowl winning football team, American football team. And they won. And if you watch the game on Sunday, it was a it was an, an enjoyable athletic endeavor if you're a fan of the sport. And Kansas City showed itself to be the better team. I don't think the fix was in. I don't think it mattered of who was dating who. I'm not even gonna name names. Because it was just more American fun. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It's what society should be to a certain extent. I think we can talk about the money. But what was really fucking stupid was the assholes who shot up the parade yesterday. Oh, my fucking deity. Can you believe... We're putting up with this crap. How much longer will America put up with this crap? This utter stupidity. And I'm not even... I'll go down the road a little bit of talking about orange and red-hatted parasites that live in this country that think they're owed something and they think they have the right to take other people's lives. Because I'm going to bet that when you track down this these yahoos, they were influenced by the orange parasite that infects some Americans, that affects, that infects them with an idea. Because that's what I've been talking about on this show, on this podcast. I've been talking about artificial selection, evolution. But it's the evolution of ideas and how important ideas are relative to having a functional civilization. I think, I mean, we call ourselves social organisms we could talk about humans being social animals and other social animals. But I think to elevate it to the level of a civilization, we've got to share some ideas. That's artificial selection at its best. It's humans acting to change the world. And we do it all the time to varying degrees. And with you know, whether or not you agree with the direction of change, it's a separate question. But the point is, it's part of life. It's part of what we do. Everybody grows up, we experience the world, we learn things, and we make choices. That's that's what we want in America. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. How do you pursue your happiness? Well, assholes who think they can take an automatic weapon and fire it into crowds with children and adults, and just because they, they're because what they're they're thinking that they have a right to do that that that's a good thing oh my oh jeez okay so i had to get that out cuz it makes you want to hate things and emotions are part of humanity we're evolving social primates we're mostly hairless apes and we have that and we have to think about stuff that's why we've evolved a variety of mechanisms to organize life, as I've talked about before. And when we make these choices, you know, the impact 
our civilization, the impact where we're going. And that's what I want to talk about for the rest of this podcast. So where do we go from here? Where do we go from this idea that liberty, freedom, includes every asshole who wants one to be able to grab an automatic weapon and just walk outside and shoot people because he disagrees with them. Because he thinks Taylor Swift is some cyborg that that is taking over the planet. I, I don't know what they think. I can't imagine what they think. I don't. I can't imagine what mental process you have to go through to walk into a parade or a school or anywhere else and shoot up a bunch of innocent people. And... Until we figure out how to stop that, we really, I don't think we can really call ourselves much of a civilization. Because if we look at life through the lens of evolution and we appreciate that things change and they change a lot based on how how much humans think about things, how much we make plans for things, we we set up rules. We have governments. And, and governments is a broad term. Every social group we're in has rules. Your family had rules. You know, churches have rules. Bowling leagues have rules. <laughs> Obviously, governments have rules. And we've been doing this for millennia, for thousands of years. Humans have been building civilizations. And they rise and they fall. And, and I'm an American, so I'm curious. Where's America going? And I look at the world, and I, and I look at it through the lens of evolution, and I say... We're at the end. We're coming to the close of a really interesting period of American history, of world history. Because uh, I would argue that where we are right now, at this point in human history, is we're at the end of a really long chain of events that can be referred to as the colonial era. The colonial era grew out of Western Europe with all of the monarchs that evolved there, and with that of feudalism. I mean, feudalism grew to this point with empire, and, and what overlapped were a variety of cultural events that you could talk that we could talk about in detail. We could talk about the Renaissance and the and the Protestant Reformation and the Scientific Revolution and the Industrial Revolution, and a bunch of those transitions were anchored in Western Europe, <clears throat> and in the, and combining them culminated in the last biggest empire we had was the, the British Empire. It shut down. It's still there. But it, it, it peaked over 100 years ago. And they had synchronized government power through their combination of democracy and monarchy. And they had the Church of England and, and the Protestant work ethic which did just enough guilt and just enough work to keep things going to support capitalism, which allowed for ownership, which extended from all the royals and the aristocrats. Uh, if you really want an appreciation, <laughs> go see a documentary called The Aristocrats uh, the, to really understand it. But the idea of owning things and making rules because you're the better person, even extended to America when we founded America, or when our ancestors founded America, of humans, they said, well, 6% of the people could vote. The landowning white guys. And, th and there's some basis for reason in there in the idea that they were the ones who <clears throat> called the shots. <clears throat> they were, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> they were <clears throat> making votes on things. They were the ones who could talk to each other. 
and get stuff done. So they were getting, so they voted on stuff, and we built up this society, and we filled up the continent, took over all this new land, and a whole bunch of people got rich in the process, and most of us got comfortable, so much so that so many people came here, it became overcrowded. Well, that got crowded. We're not nearly as crowded as some other parts of the planet. Humans have been pretty successful all over the place. And besides government, the thing we work with mostly in terms of social interactions, we have rules for all of our different social groups, whatever they are. We also have economies. We have mechanisms to trade. We have markets to trade goods and services and property. And so we trade things and we make rules and we bounce around and we have our societies and it all boils down to what we think about, what we believe is good and bad, our ethics. And still working on the math on that. <laughs> Hopefully I'll get the paper out someday. But the paper basically is an idea that we've got different variables that come into play. We think about stuff. We think about how, much you can, you know, how many resources do I have access to. That's really what an economy measures. An economy measures who has access to the resources because we've hit a point where we realize the 8 billion of us have to share the planet. And we have a global economy. We ship stuff, you order stuff and something from online and it shows up from China in two days or wherever it's made, wherever somebody has squirreled away a factory to get the cheapest labor with the, for the best product and the best compromise they can figure out in the economy, they, then they sell us stuff and we all buy stuff. And that's a great thing. We love capitalism at that level where we get to buy and trade things and people work to make the best deal on products. But if capitalism gets excessive and the money overrules the rules, if, it, if everything has a price, and we've all heard that in various forms, that, oh, what's, the, what's that going to cost? What's the, what's the payment for that? Then we, then, and if it's people, then we buy and sell people. And we do that. We've done it for years. We did it for thousands of years with slavery. It's still going on in corners of the world. There's issues with human trafficking now and child labor. And how much is somebody worth? How much is a human worth? And that's based on the rules we make, which is based on what we believe in. And are some people worth more than others? And is somebody at the head of a corporation worth a billion dollars a year as they came up with the original idea? And that's the issue we're at right now. Because if there is a better way to run the world, we have to find a better balance. The UK had a pretty good balance about 100 years ago. Not for any ethical reason other than that it worked. Because that's really what evolution measures. Evolution measures efficiency. It measures how good do you do a task relative to a selective pressure. And that's a lovely phrase we use in biology for the idea of evolutionary selection. That uh, change is coming. Change always comes because life changes. The world spins. The sun changes. The seasons change. Organisms grow and die. And they reproduce. And they change everything. Everything changes. And evolution tells us one way of how it changes when we're dealing with life. And why does it change? Because there's pressure, there's movement of a group of organisms, of entities, of material, and somebody pushes it in one direction or another, or pushes against it. That's the essence of selective pressure. Uh, basic decisions in life usually involve either cooperating or competing. Uh, you can get out of the way, you can go hide, 
but then you drop out of that group and you don't become part of that equation. If you're talking about social interactions, it's cooperation or competition. Those are the choices we have. And we've been doing that for years. The colonial era peaked back with the British Empire, and there, there were less than 50 countries on the planet over 100 years ago, back around 1900. Because all these big empires basically just had a bunch of colonies, mostly anchored in Europe. And you could follow around in Asia and find other ones too. And it was really convenient up and through the 1800s to grab people who were darker skinned and say, oh, they're inferior and we're going to make them work for us for nothing. And people finally realized that we're all human and that we shouldn't have these those kind of rules. So we got rid of slavery. But then we had cheap wages and we had unions and we had people come up with jobs and we said, well, wait a minute, maybe I should get a fair wage. And then and in, in America, we wanted to make America great because we got handed the baton of colonialism by default. That's America's legacy right now. We grew up and we got away from the empires. We left the empires and we came over here. We had this great big land mass that we could exploit. And we took what we wanted from the folks who were here. Luckily, they dropped off in population. If you really want to appreciate the big assist we had from microbes, look at the history of infectious disease in America. And you'll see that the native populations took a huge hit more so than from guns and bullets and swords, they took it from microbes and infections and diseases that killed off a huge number of Americans. And then the, the Europeans came in and we took over. And I'm, I'm personally a second generation American. I got here late to the game. But I grew up in America. I've been here for over 60 years. And I've, I've had some really great opportunities. And I've learned how to be a biologist. And I've been teaching people. And I look at the world through this lens of evolution, through this tool that science came up with, this mechanism of selection, and, and try to understand it. And what's really great about science is that if you've got a good idea, if you've got a good theory of something, it can predict how things are going to change. And that's, I've been working on this idea about artificial selection, and I want to go through the process of trying to project out where are we going. Well, if we use this idea of what are the major social adaptations that we use for artificial selection, I think they're basically, one, the economy. The economy is our is how we trade things. We've hit a point where we have to share resources. And that's actually an okay thing because it allows us to specialize. I don't have to grow my own farm. I don't have to go out and milk the cow every morning. That's really great. I just get to go to the market and buy food. Now I pay a bank for loaning me money so I can live in my house and pay my mortgage. And I pay the, the oil company some for my car so I can get to work and go to the store and and, and, and everything else. We've got markets for, the, all, for everything because capitalism is our primary economic system at the high level. Within a family or a smaller group, you might have an emotional market where one person is the breadwinner. Mom brings home a great paycheck or dad brings home a great paycheck and everybody else works around that. And they support other people. But then we have and we have rules to support it. You, know, you might have rules in the family made by whoever makes the money, the adults, hopefully. Uh, and then we have these legal rules that extend to formal government. But we have rules for every group. And, and it's all based on what we believe, what we think is important. And because we never have complete information, we never have complete knowledge of the situation. 
we can generate knowledge for markets and for governments. We can say, what, what are the rules? What are the actual written down rules? That's what lawyers argue about. What does it actually say? What does that word mean? And that's what lawyers and judges do for us. They parse those words. And the economy parses our dollars, parses our resources. It says, who gets allocations to which resources? But it all comes back to what we believe is important. And that's why I've been advocating the Church of Science. The Church of Science says science is, how we should, is what we should believe in. We should believe in what we can observe, what we can measure, and what explanations make sense. Because that's what a scientific theory is. It's an explanation that makes sense relevant to all the available information. And that's how we get evolution. We get evolution that says, hey, things change because of selective pressure. And how do human societies change? How do they evolve? Well, they depend on what we think. And what we think is partly what we know about. We have knowledge. We know what the current rules are. We know what the current market prices are. But the big problem with thinking is we don't have complete knowledge. We don't have full knowledge of every situation. So we fill in the gaps. That's how religions evolved. Religions evolved thousands of years ago because people needed to fill in the gaps. They needed to fill in the information. But then we fought about religions because we got to the point where people argued about religion and we had the Crusades and the Holocaust and all these things. And, and, and right now we need to move past religion. Religion is passe, is how I'm going to put it, in the sense that it's become a net negative on society. People think they can stop thinking. That's the problem with religion. Religion said, God has the answers. Just pray to God and send me a check along the way. That's how most religions survive. Pay us some money and I will preach to you and tell you that this is the way we should do things. And because this is the way we should do things, whoever is in charge of the church gets to make the rules. Whoever is in charge of the belief system and that's the broader evolutionary adaptation that I want to talk about. The belief system is really what drives most of our behavior. Because we all believe different things. And that's where America fucked up. That's where America blew it. America said, years ago, the founders said, we have freedom of belief. You can believe whatever you want. And we've tried to come back and adjust that. We made hate laws against hate speech. You can't control somebody's emotions. If somebody hates somebody, they hate them. All we can control is the behavior. And lawyers argue about that kind of law because it's kind of silly. It's like the war on terror we had for years. You can't fight emotion. Terror is an emotion. What we can fight is irrational behavior. And irrational behavior is when we react to our emotions. And if you react to your emotions and what you feel or what you think is true that's not true, then you're being irrational and you're not doing a great job to make a civilization work. Because civilizations work when they make sense. Civilization is all about thinking. And I want to move beyond being just a social primate, an evolving social primate. I want to be an evolving civilized primate. I want to be somebody who has, lives in a society where we think about what are the best ways to organize the society. What are the best way to make rules? What are the best ways to organize markets and distribute resources? Are capitalism and democracy the main ones? In America right now, we say those are the two big ideas for governments and economies. And we believe that, that those are really great ideas. But that's the dilemma. We have two different forces. We have two different forces at play. Two different selective pressures playing against each other. We have that rule that says every human is important. 
But we have this economy which says, well, some of us have way more access to resources than other people. We, I own more things. I have more money. I own more property. I own the company. And, and we argue, if you track down most arguments today, they're, they're at the boundaries between economies and markets and belief systems. And so what if we could all get to the same belief system? What if we could all be members of the Church of Science? And we said, all right, you believe in a deity, but if what you're going to bring to the table to discuss this is your belief in a God who says X, Y, Z, whatever it is, and you don't have anything other than, you don't have any facts to back up your, your claims, then we're going to say, that's really nice. Go sit at the kitty table with the uncivilized people because if you believe in magic, if you believe that some magic deity is going to come down and change the world for your benefit, there's no proof that any of that works. It's, it's over. It's bullshit. Just get over it. You need to face up to the fact that nobody can prove that any gods exist. Maybe there are forces out there. Maybe there are forces. I'm sure there are forces out there that we don't understand. But if any, of, if any church had it right, if any religion had it right, they would be able to prove to us that, hey, this is how it works. This is the real one true God. And nobody's been able to do that. All we've been able to do for a long time is kill each other because we disagree about which God is real, which one is in charge. Well, what if we just leapt past that? What if we just said, we don't fucking know all the rules. So let's take a step back and let's use this thing we call science and reason and look at a situation and say, what's the best, most optimal way? Yeah, we're arguing about climate change right now. If we had a real true democracy, we wouldn't vote on people that we like. We vote on people we like because that's how we've done it for years. Biology says, hey, they're pretty, they're handsome, they're strong, they're intelligent. We vote for people based on whether or not we like them, whether or not they, they're useful, whether they can do things, why do we get along with them. We, we, we're, they're our relatives, they're people we know, they're people we're familiar with. And so we let these, and if they step up and they lead, they do a good job, we say, great. And that's probably how we got kings in the first place. People, families, you know, generations went on, and the, and the parents did a good job, and the kids followed up, and we said, well, let them give it a shot. And they did a pretty good job, and so we established monarchies over time, because some families had some pretty good genetics, and they had some pretty good training, and they got, their, they got more resources. And we said, okay, they're entitled to more resources, because they're running the system. They're keeping it organized. And that works. Whatever works is what evolution selects for, efficiency. And so we had kings. And in Europe, we had feudal kings. We had all these different monarchies and baronies and duchies. And go, you go look at the history. And then some of them, got they fought. And they got bigger and bigger. And the biggest ones eventually took over the planet. And that was colonialism. And they brought along their capitalist economy, which grew from mercantilism, which was government-regulated economies, which grew out of feudalism, which also included barter economies. And the, the economy evolved because people owned stuff. And we said that works. And that's where we are right now, this democratic system that says certain people can own things. And we've tried to make rules about it. But what's happened is because we don't have a unified government, we have almost 200 different countries on the planet, People have, some countries have, have decided to say, hey, we're a tiny little country. We don't have a lot of power. But what we can do 
is hide your money. We can say legally, you can put your money here and we don't have to tell anybody about it. So there's all these tax shelters and tax havens, Panama and the Seychelles and the Caymans and Switzerland. All these countries made a decision under the given rules at the time that they could get wealthy by hiding a bunch of the money. But what if we really want to change the world, we have to change the rules. We have to decide that as, a, as one people, as one planet, we like capitalism, but you know what? You don't get to cheat anymore. You know what? You have to pay your fair share. And anybody who's making more than $10 million a year, maybe, let's just throw out a number. I think $10 million is a pretty good number. We could argue about it. But let, let's assume we did this as a rule. Let's say anybody over $10 million needs to stand before the world and make the ethical and moral justification as to why they're worth more than $10 million. Why they should be able to suck up that many resources. What it is that they do that's so fucking amazing that they get to buy and sell politicians and shift the planet around to their whims and say, no, we like guns. We let the people do this because they create chaos and then you guys are scared and I can step in. Because that's really what they're doing right now on one side of the government in America. By having enough guns and having enough crazy people, they're building a Schutzstaffel again. If you don't know what the SS is, you need to go look that up. There was. By having a bunch of yahoos with guns running around, who are on your side, you can say, yeah, take out those people. And then they run society, because ultimately governments use force. But wouldn't it be better if we used reason, if we used logic, we used science? What are the facts? What can we test? And if we had science to run society, we would be able to step up and say, well, I'm not going to vote for people. I'm going to vote for ideas. I'm going to vote because right now we have problems. Climate change is a problem. Okay, What's the best answer to climate change? Well, we like our modern civilization, and we need energy to run it. How do we make energy? How do we make energy most sufficiently to be to maintain a stable ecosystem, to maintain stable biological life? And once we figure that out, we get companies to bid on it. We say, hey, make or make these sources. Yeah, I know there's lots of oil sitting in the ground, but oil's fucking up the environment, so we need to stop using it. We need to cut down that. We need to shift our energy to other sources. And we could do it at the rate that the oil companies want. Or we could vote and say, hey, no, fucking change the game. Not you know, Stop sending food to the Middle East until they stop fucking around with all the oil. And we don't have to send all the military to the Middle East anymore and spend money doing that. <laughs> There's just better ways to do it. And science is the better way to do it. That's really what we need to do. We should do science. And then we have to choose, do we want democracy or do we want capitalism to be ruling which, are, which one? Do we want democratic capitalism? Whereby we get to do some votes up to the point where we run into people owning stuff. And the people who've owned stuff, the people who acquired stuff and have inherited stuff from 500 years of colonialism still get to make the rules. It's, you know, it's not only the old white guys, it's the, a bunch of people everywhere. Or do we want a capitalist democracy? Do we want to say humans are the most important thing? And the humans in a given area get to vote on how the resources get distributed. And we shut down all the tax shelters. And we say, no, everybody needs to open up their books. We use blockchain technology, just like they're doing with cyber coins and all of that crap. But it, it's, nobody gets to hide any money anymore. We don't get to hide our resources. You have to ethically justify why 
you're making money. You got to pay your fucking taxes. And then we take our taxes and we give everybody education and we give everybody health care and we give everybody a house and we say, all right, let's get everybody up to that basic level where we can be civilized, where I don't have to scrounge for food every day, where I don't have to steal stuff to stay alive. And then we say, well, who's got a good, who's got a better idea? Who's got the next good idea? This is just an idea because that's what we do with science. We come up with ideas and we test them. My idea is we should have science in charge and we should put democracy in charge and people everywhere should get to vote and they should be able to vote with as much knowledge as possible, which means you got to open up all the books in the capitalist marketplace and show all your books. Then we get to with the accountants tell us who's got the money, who's got the resources, and you knock everybody down to a reasonable baseline. $10 million. Tell me why you're worth more than $10 million a year. And then, we'll t- <laughs> yes, we will take, the society will take the rest of those resources and distribute them to build schools and build hospitals and provide health care and employ people to, to make a better life for everybody on the planet. And then when we get a bunch of civil... We, then when we have a fully civilized planet. We could decide what we want to do next. We'll take care of the ecosystem. We'll stabilize the ecosystem. And then we could say, do we want to explore the stars? Do we want to do science? Do we want to make art? Who knows what would come next if we just freaking used our brains?